all got that voice in our head that tells us we can't do stuff. But some people are just better at not listening to it. And by sitting down with those people, asking them questions, and then you know, recording it and blasting it out on the internet, perhaps, maybe, I can help other people like me get out of our own way. Hey guys, welcome back to Closure Optional. My guest this week is Ryan Lucas, or Ruckus, as he is known to probably mostly everybody. Ruckus is the drummer for the band Hammers, which is a Gold Coast-based uh, rock band, I suppose you'd call it. Probably one of the funnest bands I've seen play live in uh, many years. You uh, might be familiar with that name because I also interviewed last year the guitarist for this band, Lucas Stone. He was in episode 13, I believe, and probably to date still one of the most intense and interesting conversations I've ever had with anyone. And um, Ruckus is no different. He's an incredibly smart guy and has been through a shitload of chaos in his life. And he's come out of it a very cool, interesting, self-reflective and honest character on the other side. Uh, Ruckus is the drummer for Hammers, but he was also the guitarist for Helm, uh, which is another one of Lucas Stone's bands back in the day, which was a huge uh, metal band across Australia. So if you know you're into your metal, uh, you definitely know these two guys. Um, this conversation is a lefty, lefty, <laughs> lovely drifting um, inspection of human relations, the nature of human beings, and how we tend to relate to each other. In addition to being a uh, rad musician and general cool dude, Ruckus is trying to figure out how to help men better connect to themselves in an honest and authentic way and express themselves as such, rather than you know through aggression, passive aggression, or generally just running away from your problems and shutting down. Um, in this new wave of fucking life coaches and be yourself and happiness and all of this, um, you can kind of get lost in the bullshit, bullshit. Oh my God, you guys, I can't tell you how difficult it is to stop eating sugar. I don't know if that's just what this is, but my fucking brain doesn't work. Like I, I literally feel like I'm operating with half of a brain these days. Um, you can tell on the podcast, too. It's shocking. I, we recorded this last night, and I could barely string a sentence together. Um, I've, <laughs> I still hope it's interesting for you. Luke, uh, Lucas. Ruckus is incredibly interesting, this whole podcast, and I'm just um, kind of hopeless. But, um, yeah, now we're on this freshuary thing. We're eating only fruits and vegetables and meat that come out of the ground right nearby us. Not meat that comes out of the ground. That'd be weird. That'd be cannibalism. Um, vegetables that came out of the farm straight to my doorstep, and I am really enjoying it. It's really fun to know where my food comes from, but I can't believe how much my body is reacting to not having fucking sugar. I eat pretty much... I don't eat that much sugar, so I thought it wasn't going to be that big a deal, but I was eating a lot of, um, like, Thai food, like, takeaway food, um, chocolate chips. I had, like, dark chocolate chips in yogurt every almost every night, um... And cookies, and just cutting that shit out, like having nothing artificial and just fruits and vegetables and meat, my f brain doesn't work. And I thought, I really didn't think it was going to be this bad because I'm still having honey and, you know, fruit, fruit sugar. 
Anyway, you don't care. Um, this conversation is super interesting. I don't know where my brain is, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about what Ruckus does, he has got a Facebook page called Woke Blokes, and it is the group where he is trying to help men come together and talk about their shit rather than, you know, being dickheads. All right, have a great week. Talk to you again soon. Well, wait a second. What am I supposed to call you? Ruckus? Yes, or Ryan? Ryan, you're yes. not a Ryan. No. I don't know you. I'm Hi, Ryan. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for having I me. I usually get called Ryan when I'm in trouble. Oh, do you? Yeah. So how come, why did you become ruckus? Where did that come from? Um, that's a great question. It happened on tour, and it's not because of the name. I wasn't actually causing a ruckus. Um, I played guitar in Helm, a band called Helm. Um, when I joined the band... My name is Ryan Lucas. The bass player's name is Ryan and the singer's name is Lucas. So ah. it made airport trips very interesting. <laughs> so I got ruckus. Yeah, I was thinking about it later when I found out. I only found out that your name was Ryan because of your voicemail. Mm. Like I went to leave you a message and I was like, fuck, Ryan. I got, I got weirded out. <laughs> I was like, I don't know this guy. <laughs> and, then, um, and then I thought about it later and I was like, oh, Ryan Lucas, that could easily go into Rucus, which would be ruckus. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. We have a friend. I have a very good friend that's called, uh, his name is Luke Tafe, mm -hmm. and everyone used to call him Tooks Leif, and now he's just Tooks or Tookies. Right. And so that's why it makes perfect sense when you think when about you it. it down. Yeah. But so we're solving all of the world's problems today on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Rakis? I'm great, thank you. Yeah, good. Yeah. You came out of a hole, huh? Yeah, big hole. Fuck. I've gone from working in the mining industry comfortably, you know, living in that, that daydream to coming home and then now being unemployed. It's scary, isn't it? Like, it's so easy to philosophize about, like, oh, just live your dream, do what you want. And then it's like, yeah, how are you going to fucking pay the bills? Right. I was just thinking about this yesterday because out of pure spite, I attempted to write myself some stand-up. Mm. <laughs> 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 it's just because we saw someone else do it and I was like, I'm fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just such a yep. dick. So, um, and that was the whole premise of this thing is that the human condition is fucked mm. because that's us. Mm. We are always bouncing between the security of comfort and getting mm. bored, mm. and then we fly off the handle, and then mm. we are plunged into chaos, and mm. all we want is the comfort of mm. that security again. It's just this fucking never-ending cycle. Never -ending cycle. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting time, and we 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 peak and trough and peak and trough, and we. Mm. We, we wait until we're severely uncomfortable to try and create any consistency. Yeah, Or yeah. take action that we need to take, you know. Oh, man. So I do my best to live in a constant state of being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, and our mutual friend likes to remind me of how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Stoney, when you're doing, like, yeah. stonework with them. Oh, yeah, just everything, you know, like, have you done what you need to do? Yeah, he's good like that, man, mm. Lucas. Mm. Um, and w if you guys don't know what we're talking about, it's Lucas Stone, and he was on this podcast, I think, episode 13, maybe. Mm. I think so. Anyways, um, because you guys play in a band together. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we've played in two bands together, and we do a lot of stuff in life together as well. So. But it's good, man. You need those those mates because that you need that person mm. that because the fucking the psyche is so tricky. Mm -hmm. It's so easily telling you either to believe in your fantasies or mm. believe in your doubts, man. Mm. 
And how do you push forward? Like, how do you survive day to day not being able to tell the difference between when your mind is telling you that you're wrong, even though you should be doing that thing, or the other way around when your mind is telling you, like, nah, this is not for you. This Mm. is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I call that the the hall of mirrors. So I work hard to surround myself with people that reflect at me the best version of who I am and call me on my shit if I'm not doing the things that I have to do. So um, in working with blokes, I, I do a lot of this kind of stuff and, and get them to establish the, their own hall of mirrors, you know, a close circle of friends, um, not necessarily family because like we do, like you were saying before, we look at ourselves with these rosy-coloured glasses, you know, we, we're like, we look back at our life and we think, oh, yeah, you know, I did really hard, I tried really hard with that or I did, did the best I can do and we, we always think of ourselves being more generous, you know, more grateful and, and yeah. stronger than what we really are. So I purposely get people in my life to be that poignant, to be like, no, you're fucked up or you're not doing as much as you can do. You know, how hard did you really work on that? So that, that kind of keeps me in a state of, well, shit, okay, you know. And if I, if I look at a situation like I'm in now, I'm unemployed, I've got a lot of things that I'm working on, but how hard am I actually working on these things and what am I doing to, to create this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I suppose in a way you're saying that it's putting the responsibility back on you mm. to take control of your life. Mm. And these people are people that aren't going to hold you up. They're going to force you to hold your own self up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah I think that's really valuable. Mm. On There is one element to this that I think it can get a bit toxic and I'm still trying to figure out how because... Constant criticism can also develop this kind of mindset. If, if your feedback loop is that people are constantly criticizing everything you're doing, mm-hmm. you can start to create a perception of yourself that you're not capable mm-hmm. because no matter what you do, it's never good enough. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I'm not sure where, where it becomes a pathology or where it becomes strength. And in, in some ways it almost doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but I think if I have this perpetual feeling that I'm not good enough, which is essentially what Mm -hmm. drives most of my motivations, Mm -hmm. is that I can't actually see when I am good enough. Mm -hmm. So I don't know when to stop Mm -hmm. chasing Mm -hmm. for that validation. Yeah. I think think that's a really really interesting point. And I think in today's today's, um, society, we've forgotten the importance of celebration, but we celebrate. We celebrate everything, but when when so for example, if I push myself through and I've got people that hold me accountable, and it's not so much criticism that I'm getting from this feedback, I'm getting, have you done the best you can do? And I, I yeah, understand yeah, that different. these people are giving me this feedback because they love me and they support me, and you know they want to see me succeed. Mm. So if I let them down, I'm letting myself down. But I celebrate those wins, and it's, it becomes like I've got a. a passion a pet hate for buzzwords at the moment so it becomes like a rite of passage you know you you've done the work and you've achieved whatever it is you're achieving you've got to celebrate that yeah yeah like accept your wins when they happen Mm. um how do you tell the difference between people that are there to genuinely help you or the people that are there to cut you down like it, can you tell because sometimes especially if you've got a low self-esteem or you're not quite confident in what you're trying to do or you're trying to do something that's really new for you mm. it's really easy 
to believe somebody if they're telling you you're shit at it and mm-hmm. just run away or whatever. How do you know? How do you tell the difference between those people that are trying that you know that love you? Mm. That's a really them? good question. I guess that's something that only time can really show you. Mm. And when you surround yourself with people that like it's it's like an instinct or a gut feeling, you know. But that can be convoluted and that can be you know misconstrued. Like I'm the same. I've got very low self worth and self esteem, and it's taken me years to to actually be like okay. You know, I'm not such a shit person. You know, I'm, I'm all right. You know, but the basically we are mirrors for each other. So all the the beautiful things I see in you as a human, I can only see those things because I have those myself. Yeah. So yeah. when you're surrounding yourself with people that the hall of mirrors, they're reflecting back at you, and you, you you're not good enough, or you feel, you know you're a shit person. You're not doing the things you need to do. But they're reflections of who you are. So if you're not the reflection's uncomfortable, like you've got to work on yourself to attract the people that are reflecting a better image. Huh. So. Oh, that's interesting. So if you consistently – so here's – like because this is one of my kind of scariest, my worst fears mm. is having someone that I respect mm-hmm. kind of not respect me back, I think. Mm. This – and I think it stems back from being a kid and like wanting the adoration and respect from my dad because he was kind of this like hero figure to me. And he, I know that he loves me, but he just was odd in the way that he showed it. So it never, because he's an artist, he lived in that other kind of planet. You know, he just lived in another world where he operated where art happens. And then he would come back to the real world every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And as a little kid, I took that as I'm boring, I'm shit, I'm an, I'm an idiot mm-hmm. because I can't keep his attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, he's sitting there going, fuck, my kid's rad, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> I just never saw it. Yeah. But um, oh, I completely lost my train of thought. I have no idea what I was just talking about. <laughs> I think it's important to remember we teach people how to treat us by the way we treat ourselves. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, So sure. um, as a bloke... And I'm, I'm a sensitive guy. I'm, you know, someone that is very, I sit very rooted in the way I feel. So, and this is a whole other topic of how to transition between your masculine and your feminine. But we teach people how to treat us by the way we treat ourselves. So if you want to earn the respect of the people around you, you treat yourself with respect. And if they don't, you know, give that back to you that's not a reflection of you that's a reflection of who they are as a person mm-hmm. so you make a choice like i've got friends of mine and i've got and people that i work with that you know that say you know I've, I've had these guys in my life you know my whole life they're my best friends since i was a kid or you know this is my brother and these kind of things and they find it difficult to sever connections that don't serve them in a way that they're trying. oh fuck yeah and it's hard it's a very difficult thing but we've got this idea that you know because we've been friends with this person or this person's my brother that i need them in my life yeah know? Well, and the tough thing with that is that it becomes, it's an echo chamber for your, your like childlike self or your mm. teenage self or whatever. Mm. When somebody meets you at a certain phase in your life and they have a certain expectation that that's who you're going to be, mm. it's really hard to grow out of that person. Mm. So if you're constantly surrounded by people that have known you since you were 10, they're going to know you as the person that was 10 mm. to 14 or whatever. And they'll watch you change. But you know, there's that thing like, oh, you've changed. Mm. And, and it, uh, th- I mean, that's so frustrating because it's like, well, I'm trying to, mm. you should, we Thank all you. should, yeah. you know, like it's a good thing. But yeah, because then how do you, because kind of 
Well, you're talking about knowing the distinction between people that love you mm. and that people that maybe are just cutting you down or on, on it for the ride. You know, mm. there's a bit of that too mm-hmm. that can happen while you're on the up and you're doing really well. Mm-hmm. People could be latching on to you because it's fun to be around you mm-hmm. while you're doing well. And there is some argument to say that the only people that have known you for a long time mm. are going to be able to ride through those troughs and mm. uh, whatever that other no, word no, is, no, mountains. No, yeah, mountain Jesus. Peaks. Guys, don't quit sugar. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm blaming it on sugar, like that. My my fucking brain doesn't work. But I ate half an Easter egg on the way here. Did you? Yeah. Um, you know. When I, I grew up, it. my Easter eggs were eggs. Like eggs, eggs. Eggs, eggs. Like actual like, eggs. Like wow. boiled, boiled eggs. They were boiled. Oh, at least they're boiled. <laughs> we hid them in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Is that happening again this year? <laughs> I don't know. I should do that to Melina. I really should. Um, I don't want to waste the eggs, so I doubt she'd eat them if I painted them and oh, hid them in the house. Them. Okay. Yeah. You're I'll coming over for Easter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this freshuary has been fucking absolutely amazing. I've been following that. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Mm. It's I got my first box delivered today, and it's so good, but mm. I cannot believe how much my body is mad that it's not getting fucking Thai takeaway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's craving those MSGs. So bad. Come on. I don't eat, um, because I don't necessarily eat a shit diet, but Mm. I definitely love my cookies every Mm. once in a while and chocolate chips. I have like chocolate chips, yogurt, and berries nightly. I fucking love it. And Mm. since I'm not allowed to eat that right now, Mm. I'm losing my shit. Self imposed. You'll get through it. I'll get through it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, I derailed the conversation. I'm sorry. That's fine. I'm trying to make excuses for my mung brain. That's all right. But. Yeah, so the argument is that it, potentially you need to have people that have been in your life for a mm. long period of time to be able to see where you're going wrong, where you're mm. going right, you know, kind of help you on, stay on track. So it's a weird, like everything in mm. life, it's, you, it isn't fucking black and white. You mm. can't cut people out that are trying to pull you down, mm. but at the same time, because there's got to be some truth in a little mm. bit of what they're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, you're dead right. And I think as you start to grow and because personal development and you know being a life coach in quotation marks it's incredibly selfish and you're working with people that are entering a realm where they want to better themselves like regardless of their their motivation or their drive towards that it becomes a really selfish thing yeah so what you learn is boundaries so you can have those people in your life you can have the people that mm. you know are mm. riding those those coattails or that do see the best in you but you still need your boundaries and that's something that you learn like that's something we should have been taught a long time ago, but it's something that you learn. How much time am I going to give this person or how much time am I going to be in this person's space for? Like how, what do I have to give to this person? Am, am I getting that back? You know, because your energy and your time, you, you, don't, you don't get those things back, you know. And if, you're not, if it's not reciprocal or the person's not giving you what you need out of interaction, that's okay. You just limit that interaction. But it's hard to know what you need and what's good for you too. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because absolutely. there's a lot of this like fucking echo chamber. I'll use girls as a stereotypical example because mm-hmm. it's my experience of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what guys are like, but um, it there it is so common to like be in a group of girls with one girl that's gone through relationship troubles, mm-hmm. and this girl could be a pure psycho. Mm-hmm. But the girls are like, he doesn't deserve you, girlfriend. Like he, you know, and the hot girls, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, she's fucking hot and she's mm-hmm. like dynamite and the. Mm-hmm. Sack. Mm. I hate saying that word yeah. in the sack. Just so gross. I just picture like a sack of potatoes. Yeah, or a sack of balls. Yeah. <laughs> so well, there's gross. that also. It's <laughs> like in the sack. 
Anyway, yeah, so like she's really good in bed and mm. she's fucking beautiful, but she's a bit of a nut. Mm. And then, you know, the girls are around her like, oh my God, he did not message that girl that or whatever, you know. And so mm. there's this gross echo chamber where they're telling you this righteous thing that you need. You need mm. this from your man. But really mm. the truth is mm. it, it takes two of you to have this balance and whatever the fuck is going on, you talking and gossiping with your girlfriends mm. is not going to solve the situation at home. That, like, being able to open up those channels is really fucking hard. Mm. Like, even it, it just a simple example. The other day, a guy came to our door to, um, you know, like a door knocker to talk about some product he's selling, some charity he's raising money for, whatever it was. Mm. And I'm a good person, I hope. I, I have this thing inside my head, like, be a good person, be nice, and listen. So mm. I'm sitting there, like, talking to him for 10 Holding minutes at the door. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I doing this? In the back of my head, I'm going, I have so many things I could be doing right now. Yeah. But I'm just still chatting away, and he was a nice kid. And by the end of it, I walked away, and I... It's like, so where's the balance? Like, am I just yeah. going to be a rude bitch and mm. just be like, look, I'm not fucking interested, go mm. away? Or give this guy an interesting conversation mm. and then have him walk away. Mm. At the end of the day, he wasted his time with me because mm. I was never going to buy whatever mm. he was doing, mm. but I at least kind of kept it a safe interaction, mm. friendly interaction between mm. someone. But it's really hard when you're face-to-face -face with that person at your door to mm. be like, look, this isn't for me. I need to walk away right now. Mm. And it's that times a fucking million when, when you're, you're having sex with them. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. And to be able to sit down and be like, are we okay? Mm. You know that mm -hmm. thing? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm, uh, and I get myself into a fucked up situation where I think I'm self-aware enough to apologize for my part in almost everything. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of it, I've found that they tend to not be able to see their side of it. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a ten, sometimes a woman-man thing, not mm -hmm. always, but we tend to be a bit more accommodating mm -hmm. in that world because mm -hmm. we're looking for cohesion mm -hmm. where they're looking to like get to the root of the problem and be done with it or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, you hit a good, good point there, and that comes down, as I said before, the, the acknowledgement and understanding that inside all of us we have the existence of the masculine and feminine and mm. when when you look at a masculine energy it's the problem solver we you know we are the decision makers problem solvers if you've got a problem we'll solve it yeah and the you know women have this beautiful connection and intuitive connection to their to their bodies and to their feelings which is the feminine you know you root in your feelings and you and that's where you where you feel most at home for the most part yeah so when you acknowledge the the role you played or the things that you did in a relationship that aren't right or, you know, whatever it is, that's you being in your feminine and that's an invitation for the, the bloke to be like, okay, well, you know, he's going to try and solve the problem that you're presenting but if that doesn't mean he wants to own the issue that's been created or something that he's done. He just wants to solve the problem. So you huh. could be like, I've done this wrong thing. You'd be like, okay, well, let's just do this instead of doing that. Instead of being like, okay, I, you know, I hear you. I feel like I've done that too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So they hear you present them a problem, right. even if it's your own problem that you did, and they go, okay, well, What's this all? is how you stop doing it. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, but don't yeah. tell me what I'll stop doing. You didn't hear me. You didn't see me. Like, <laughs> let me be heard. You know? Yeah. And then that can create discourse in a relationship, and it's something so simple. But huh. like, for dudes, like, it's hard for us to, if if we are very masculine and rooted in that, then our whole life is solving problems. That's how we generate results. Yeah. But like if you, for, you know, that's, it's a whole, it's a, it's a big topic, but as a woman, you learn how to create 
invitations for a guy and gently guide them into a position where you can be seen, felt and heard and instead of offering you a solution, they tell you how they feel about what's happened and their role in it and together you make a decision based on where you want to go. Yeah, that's a tough thing to start cultivating. I found in my relationships where I create that environment to talk about something, they always it's always like, ugh. Here we go again. And I can hear it in myself, you know, because so I, I obviously I'm trying to pick my battles when it's like this really needs to be spoken about and this is OK. Mm. And, and it's that thing because you don't want to talk an issue to stew mm. underneath the surface and then have it blow up. Mm. So you're like, OK, I need to talk it out. But then at the same time, it's like, oh, I don't want to fucking wreck his head again. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't want him to. I just that it's a really hard thing to balance. Yeah. How do you manage that? So there's a few ways that you can create that kind of harmony. And basically what a, a bloke wants to be the hero, like a bloke in your life wants to be your champion, right? So it's creating situations that allow him to step into that role without being told is, is tricky. So a good analogy is like to say you're driving in a car with, you know, your significant other and it's cold and his window's down. Instead of saying, hey, can you wind your window up? Because that's solving the problem for yourself. It's not, that's just creating... You know, he, you're cold, obviously, and it's given him no opportunity to fix it. So he's going to say, oh, no, I'm sweet. The window's staying down because I'm hot or whatever. But if mm. you're like, hey, I'm feeling really cold, you know, you're offering him a position then to say, okay, well, my window's down. I can wind this up and I can be the hero for you. But is that not passive aggressive? It depends on your, on your intention behind it. Okay. And, and the honesty that you're presenting it with because – Guys will instinctively, you're inviting him in to be the hero and you're inviting him to feel what you're feeling. So you're asking him to acknowledge your, your feminine and guys don't really particularly, well, I'm, I'm a bit different because I, I find I sit in my feminine a lot because mm -hmm. of, of feeling whatever. But you, when you invite a guy into that, he won't want to stay there for very long. He'll meet you there and he'll come back into his problem solving, but he feels acknowledged. He feels like he's done something for you. You feel like you've achieved what you need to achieve. And it's, it, it can become passive-aggressive if you're doing those things to manipulate a situation for what you want. But if you look at your relationship, instead of your two people that are just sitting there facing each other, if you're two people standing side by side inside a container of a relationship, then it doesn't matter who's doing the guiding or who's doing you know, the, the movement and creating that, that action. It's the, as long as it's falling in that container of a relationship that's mm -hmm. safe, that's mutual love, mutual respect, and you both got an idea of what you want from a relationship. Hmm. And that's where it breaks down for a lot of people, especially guys, because we don't think about that. We, we don't look at a woman and go, oh, you know, I see this woman as being the potential mother of my kids and whatever. I look at this woman and say, I'm attracted to her. I'm in a, I'm in a relationship with her and I'm having sex with her. Yeah, yeah. So being Yeah, to... isn't that funny? Because we, even when we just meet guys out, like our, and I, I can't, obviously I'm not speaking for all women, but for the most part, Girls go out to the bar to meet their future husband. <laughs> Guys go out to the bar to put their dick in a hole, right. maybe, or have fun with their friends. Mm -hmm. And girls I know go out to the bar to have fun with their friends, but fucking let's be honest with you, ourselves. You already picked your wedding dress. Yeah. yeah. You know really what you're doing. You don't mm -hmm. get in that dress and those heels to have mm -hmm. fun with your friends. Mm -hmm. You are looking for attention. Mm -hmm. Whether you're thinking that that person's going to marry you or not, but there, there is always, I think, and I don't know where this story comes from. Mm -hmm. Some people would argue that it's, you know, the toxic masculinity of our mm. culture or whatever, making us feel like we have to get married. Well, mm. I don't know. I don't know what, I honestly don't know where it comes from. Mm. It's probably a combination of many things. Mm. But that feeling that when I go out to the bar, mm. and even me, a rational human being that knows that this thing is fucking silly, mm. 
every time I walk out the door to go out somewhere, I'm like, maybe he's there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I, that would be the beautiful end to this thing. Mm. You know, it's everybody wants that story where they mm. just like run into somebody that falls in love with them and wants to take care of them forever and mm. but mutually it's vice versa. It's the Hollywood versa. story. It's a notebook. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, all that bullshit. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Which it's so, but at the same time, is. yeah, mm. it is. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, those, so those girls are going out to the bar thinking that mm-hmm. this is the intention behind their actions, mm-hmm. even if they act like it's otherwise. Mm-hmm. Then the men... Mm-hmm all operate from this kind of like level of shame mm-hmm. going, if I look at you, you'll know that I want to put my dick in you. Mm-hmm. So I got to be weird about this <laughs> and I got to t- slow it down a little because yeah. literally if I look at you and you are willing, I will put my dick inside you. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. And we've created this culture and you, the buzzword there was toxic masculinity. And yeah. I've, I've got a, I've been, Telling myself that I won't weigh in on this, and I, I'm I'm trying my very best to stay out of the argument of mm. toxic masculinity. And I don't think that creating a segregated group to deal with the segregated group is going to help the segregated group at all. And I and I think that throwing blokes in a container of toxic masculinity isn't going to help them grow to the man that they you know that we need them to be. Right. Um. So it's a it's a really interesting concept, and I and like we have this strange idea in our head that we're going to meet someone and it's going to be fireworks and it's going to be sparks and amazing and then you're going to happily ever after it's just where does that happen like it's not a two-hour movie like come on like let's be honest yeah because on the other side of that honeymoon is you hate the way that they fucking swallow Mm. you know what i mean you breathe too loud yes why are you chewing with your mouth open yeah did you take the rubbish out come on like, and and that's kind of like that's what's really beautiful about that metaphor, the concept of the container, mm. is that like, and again, I think this is time. Mm. Time builds the container mm-hmm. more than anything, and because the the container is the thing that matters to both of you, not the individuals themselves. Mm-hmm. It takes the pressure off you as a person. So as you grow as humans, as a couple, your container gets bigger. So your container might grow to buying a house or having kids or having a dog or whatever, like buying a car. Having multiple partners. Uh, if, that's what it, if that's what it means, <laughs> you know, that's, if that's important to you, then that goes in the container. It takes the pressure off you as a human to say, you know, hey, Lorna, you I, I want to have sex with another woman. Yeah. Instead of you taking that person, you look at the container and be like, okay, does this fit in with where we are right now? And, mm. you know, what role am I playing in your life? How can I support you to, to achieve that if that's part of our container, if that's what we want to put in here? So I think blokes do this. Oh, everyone does it. It's a human thing. We look at ourselves as two halves of a circle. When you meet someone, that's your other half and that's going to be your complete bit and you revolve around each other and live happily ever after. And it's a really damaging way of mm. looking at things. And I had this conversation yesterday with someone, you know, the generations of our parents getting married at 25 and, and being together for 40 years. Like, that's that's okay, but that was before we developed this insatiable need to have immediate results. You know, you can jump on the phone right now. I can get on Tinder right now and find someone when I leave here to go to their house and have beers and, and stick my dick in something. <laughs> but that's not something I want to do. But yeah. we can create that immediate gratification and 
in the generation before us, there was none of that. You, you, you were with someone, good, bad or ugly, you made that commitment. That doesn't mean it was a healthy relationship. That doesn't mean you talked about things or you were communicating, but that's just the way it was. Well, and that kind of makes sense because the focus of that was the container in a way. Yeah. Like the, and the, I can't remember, I, I quote this a little bit, and I should probably actually go back and revisit it to make sure it's accurate, but there was a study done where they tested like people's overall satisfaction mm-hmm. and people that were... Um, in a monogamous relationship that was not chosen for them. So mm-hmm. people in yes. like Hindu societies where they mm-hmm. have an arranged marriage and that's it, they were actually happier in their marriages than people that lived in societies where divorce was an option. Mm-hmm. And it was it because the theory of this guy was, anyways, in psychology, that the freedom of choice is mm-hmm. what caused them that yeah. much distress that yes. if they knew that they didn't have another choice they learned to adapt to it mm-hmm. and they convinced themselves that they were happy and not in a way that they were convincing themselves and their subconscious was stewing mm-hmm. it they literally created a world where they were happier because they needed to accept that that was their Absolutely. situation so in a way i mean even if the container is not one that you want mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense that that mm-hmm. person was like okay you're not my thing mm-hmm. but this container matters mm-hmm. huh yeah, yeah that's interesting yeah and you and you, you, you instead of facing your partner, you, you're looking at the world around you instead of just that one person and you're both looking in that direction and you're building that container together. Yeah, because it's a pretty lofty expectation that one person's going to solve all your mm. everything, okay. be the everything for you. It's fucking impossible. Yeah, well, if you can't be there for yourself and you can't be what you need for yourself, no one else is going to be able to do it for you. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, and that's a fun thing too. Like I, I talk about this one a lot that I hate that phrase, like got to love yourself before you can let anyone <laughs> love you. I'm like, well, yeah, that's a fucking load of horse shit because you've got to constantly grow. You're never going to love yourself because how? yourself. It's, you, how do you know how to love yourself or what love's, love looks like unless you've been loved? Right. And, and you're loved by the people around you. So you can do practice self-love all you fucking like, but if you don't know what it looks like or feels like or how it lands for you, how the fuck are you supposed to do it? Yeah, exactly. Right. And you can convince yourself that you're all good all mm. day in front of a fucking mirror. But when you go out in the real world, that's not going to solve your problems. No. You know what I mean? You're yeah. still an asshole. Yeah. Even if you love yourself. Mm. And almost especially if you love yourself in a, in, a, in certain contexts. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. If, it, if your self-love comes from a deep insecurity to make mm-hmm. yourself feel better about the world because you're lonely and scared, mm-hmm. you're fucked. Mm-hmm. And that comes back to... It's masking. Yeah, it is. And it's hiding behind something to, you know... And I think... Brutal self-honesty is the only thing that, and mm. taking off your rose-colored glasses and and walking through your hall of mirrors, like yeah. and asking questions. Like it takes time. Like I've got, I've got about fifteen to twenty blokes that I'll check in with if I'm having a, a, a existential crisis. Like if I'm feeling like a piece of shit, or yeah. I haven't done enough. I've got fifteen to twenty people that I, I can go to. Not all at once, obviously. It's, like, <laughs> it's an intervention. Yeah, take a slap, but. <laughs> I'll check in with people based on what I need. So I know, I, if, for example, Lucas, if I, if I need some hard truths and be like, what can I do about this? Like, I don't go to Lucas unless I want a solution. And if I'm not ready for a solution, then I will keep my mouth shut. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm obviously not ready to hear what I need to do. Because yeah. regard rain, hail or shine, if I go to, to, to Lucas, he'll give me a solution. Mm. And he's already three or four steps ahead of that. He can see that playing out. So... It's that brutal self-honesty. You have to check in with yourself. You're like, what? What is the reason I'm doing this? You know, why am I? Why am I doing this? Why am I practicing self-love? What's the purpose? What's my intention here? What What do I want from this? Yeah. And it's that self-inquiry, that level of deep self-inquiry that we don't teach, and 
isn't widely accepted, you know, especially for Why guys. do you think we don't do that? Why do you think... Because everybody fucking... Everybody I talk to that's achieved anything in their life, they always say it's about taking responsibility for yourself through your own self-honesty. Mm. Why are we not teaching this to kids at school? Well, I just think, you know, like... Our teachers have a lot of responsibility already, and our teachers are human. Our teachers have trauma. Our teachers have daddy issues. Our teachers have problems at home. So they're doing the best they can with what they've got already. Mm. And I think that... But don't you think it should be like a part of the curriculum if it's this widely known? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can put our tinfoil hats on if you like because I'll go there (laughs) about keeping control on a, a large scale of people and that that's the way to do it well and capitalism in a way tends to feed that i'm not saying that capitalism's necessarily good or bad or whatever i particularly i mean i don't know enough about it to really say categorically Mm. that it's right or wrong i Mm. think that we could do better Mm. i certainly think there are better systems out Mm -hmm. there um but yeah there is like if our culture is driven by a collecting more things that make us feel good in the short term, mm. then we are going to be less interested in looking at how to heal ourselves in mm. the long term. Mm-hmm. So anything that kind of, it, like I was just talking to a couple boys today about legalizing weed in Australia. They mm. were wondering if it will ever happen. And I said, well, there's a lot of pharmaceutical interests that don't mm. want that thing to happen because mm. if we could grow it in our backyard, obviously we're going to stop using painkillers and all the mm. other shit that goes on that they've noticed has happened in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So if these external interests really have that much of an impact on mm. how we live our lives. And I think there's this new level of self-awareness mm-hmm. that's kind of coming over us in the digital age that none of us really saw coming or know how to deal with yet. Mm-hmm. And that's that before it used to be just materialism, right? Like it used to be what you look like and what you've got. Mm-hmm. And that makes you the thing that's desirable to, I don't know, climb the chain. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And now we have the social media influencer. We have Mm -hmm. the collection of likes for a self that you cultivate. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us is like a museum curator for our own self. Mm -hmm. And as we choose, we can update the paintings Mm -hmm. and the illusion Mm -hmm. as much as we need to, to suit whatever need we feel at the time. Mm -hmm. And then we get a feedback loop Mm -hmm. because then the world out there is clicking the like button. Mm -hmm. So now we're managing not just our own internal self, Mm -hmm. not just our material possessions and the Mm -hmm. material world around us that, you know, we could say down with capitalism all day, but it doesn't fucking matter because now we have this third self. Mm -hmm that is as materialistic as anything else, but there's nothing physically tangible about Mm -hmm. it. Yep. It's a dangerous time, especially when you you are branching out and starting to to inquire within and starting to do that. Like, I think instinctively we'll all get there. We'll all get to a point where we're like, this is fucked. This Mm. is fake. You know, what what part of this is real? Mm. You know, and I think, like, I can only speak from a bloke's point of view and the people I've worked with, they get to a point where, like, none of that really matters. Like it, it doesn't matter. And, but then what next? What yeah. do you do? You know? Yeah. And, and because it's a part of our reality now. You it's know what I mean? In the same way culture, that yeah. we used to resist against capitalism. Now, mm. fuck it. I'm going to live on a farm. I'm just doing this thing. Mm. It is really hard to live that way now. Mm. And like we're just experiencing that now. Like if I want to eat food and I didn't mm-hmm. 
plan ahead and go to the farmer's market. I don't yeah. eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I've been eating the weirdest collection of vegetables because it's just like, that's the end of my box. Like, yeah. that's the end of my <laughs> vegetables. I just got to throw some shit together. Yeah. yeah. And it's fun mm. as an experiment, but mm. man, it would be a... And obviously now I've got this box come straight to my door, which mm. is pretty incredible. But yeah, like having to go back in time and, and like, all right, fuck it, I'm not doing capitalism. Well, mm. great, now I don't have a podcast. Yeah. Because there's no such thing as a podcast without an iPhone. And mm-hmm. an iPhone is driven 100% by mm-hmm. capitalism mm-hmm. and the internet. You know, this mm-hmm. is this is the future. This is the reality we live in. But in um, transactional analysis, which mm-hmm. is this uh, school of psychology that I've just been studying recently for yeah. the previous podcast, they their theory is that all social interaction is based on the desire to be recognized. Mm-hmm. So the pure motivation for almost everything that any human being does is recognition Mm -hmm. above anything else and Mm -hmm. recognition that you exist. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting when you think about that, like social media is literally kind of just that. That is all it is, yeah. We used to be at home alone um, and if we needed recognition, we maybe call somebody on the telephone or go to somebody's house or whatever. Mm. And now when we need recognition, instead of dealing with that feeling of like, huh, mm. I feel like I don't exist. I wonder mm. why that is mm-hmm. and sit and feel it. Mm-hmm. We just go, I need to be reminded that I exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's that I deal with that a lot. And that's like the last month has been a constant of that. Like this doing doing the work I do and working with blokes like I, I I do posts on social media and that kind of stuff but I try and avoid posting a photo of me like uh, and I've been doing that for a little while now just trying to 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 look at the tool for what it is the tool is to engage an audience and to have a message received to have a message like uh, recognized but it's not about me as a human like it's about the message or, or what I've got to say and I think like if I have a good coaching session or I have a good breakthrough with someone or do a good um, group facilitation, I immediately want to talk about that and I think, hang on, do I want to talk about that because I want a pat on the back because mm-hmm. I did a fucking good job or <laughs> yeah. is it because I'm proud of the work that these blokes are doing you know, and I have to sit with that. So nine times out of ten, I won't say anything mm-hmm. and I'll just sit with it and be like, okay, well, you know, the ego is a very prominent part of life and I think it's uh, a bit of a bit of a cop-out when people say you need to kill your ego or whatever because you know you need it it's a a big part of your life but like being able to have that self-inquiry and say well why am i doing that like why do i want to talk about this particular thing and what am i looking for yeah why am i posting that selfie why do i take my shirt off you know what 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 am i doing here like yeah man a hundred percent and that i guess that is one positive that we can take from this kind of like weird new addition of this other alter ego Mm. is exactly that like now Mm. i actually have and i do this um i noticed it when i was doing the manuary thing last (laughs) month because i had to keep selling myself to men and and like the way that they're going to find me is through my social media so that so I, and I asked Melina if she does the same thing. Mm. I, I wonder if you do too. Mm. If you meet a new person, do you go back through your own social media mm. and look at it from their perspective mm. to see what they would think of you? I've never done that, no. You haven't? Oh, no. this is really interesting. I don't mm. know why we do it. Yeah. Um, but like I'll meet somebody new, get a sense for who they are, whatever, chatting away at them. And then I'll go back to my Instagram mm. and like flick through my 
I see what they're, they're looking and, at. Yeah. And then pretend, like, put their hat on my head mm. and be like, oh, would he find that offensive? Oh, does he think that's cool? Oh, does, mm. would he like that? Would he mm. not? And I've, like, manicure, manicured in the past. I've, like, mm. taken pictures down or taken wow. dumb things down because I've gone through it in the past and looked at it and been like, God, that was embarrassing. Mm. And it's, isn't it funny how you can see later your intentions are so clear mm. later. Like you will have posted something at one point in time and at the time you were like, I'm doing this because I have the purest intentions. <laughs> like I just want to share my whatever. My best life. Yeah, I'm just living my best life. <laughs> and then you look at it later and you go, you fucking idiot. Yeah. You're just screaming for attention right now. Yep. Yep. It's so funny. And it's, it's annoying to me that I can mm. only see it in retrospect, but it's a good thing too because I know I'm growing. But so maybe, possibly... The ability for us to go back and revisit the things that we've done on the internet mm -hmm. does give all of us the tool to, for self-reflection that Absolutely. we maybe previously never had. Yeah, that's a really powerful. It's so funny that you're talking about that because today um, I had a memory cup on Facebook, and as a as a snippet, one of the first times I ever shared um, a song that I'd written on Facebook. So after Helm had finished, and um, I was the guitarist in Helm. I hadn't really, I didn't really know who I was outside of that because I, like, I, it was such a whirlwind. I was just brought into this band that was already established and touring and playing and whatever and I had no experience doing that before. I'd w dreamt about it but that was like, that was like the ultimate manifestation of a goal. It was just like, hey, we're doing this thing right now. Wow. And when that all ended, I was like, oh, fuck. You know, yeah. who, who is, who is Ruckus or who's Ryan? Like, what, what the fuck do I do? So, and I'd, I'd write these really sad, gay acoustic songs and I'd never really play it and I'd never sing. Like I, I would never be confident enough to sing in front of people because I'm like, oh, my voice sounds like you know, a little girl, so I'm not going <laughs> to do it. But then I was like, fuck it. I wrote this song. I showed my then wife. I showed a few friends. They're like, that's really good, you know. And so I put it on the internet and I read today, I read the caption that I put with that. I was like, oh, man, well, I don't need because <laughs> that's what I was looking for. I was looking for some recognition, you know. Hey, no, yeah. that's a good song. Or your voice sounds fine, whatever. And yeah. today I'm like, fuck it. Like if I've got a song and I feel like sharing it, I'll fucking share it. I don't yeah. need that validation from anyone else. But like you said, it's an incredible tool that you can go back through. And I think the reason why I have been through my Instagram, but not through the eyes of someone else, through my own eyes. Yeah. And I like look doing that because I'm. I'll look through and I see a selfie and you know my blue eyes, my beard or whatever. I'm like, what a fucking kook. But I'm like, yeah, yeah it's like looking at a different person. And that's it is. that's a gauge for me. I'm like, and I can celebrate that. Yeah, because you know? you're growing. Yeah. I've been able to do it with artwork. Like, mm. I can look at drawings I've made and stuff that, and look back at the past and been like, oh, thank God. Like, mm. I'm growing and my skill is changing. Obviously, I'm getting better at this. But, um, yeah, and, and as a person, I think I'm getting a lot better at it now, like a bit more confident. But, mm. yeah, I, like, I, I'm critically embarrassed of mm. things that I've done. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, I still deal so much with shame of who I was as a person because of how much I have, like, my pure motivations for most of my life and mm -hmm. anything I've ever done have been for validation yeah. or recognition. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for that. So I have done cringeworthy things mm -hmm. to get the attention of people around me or something. And a lot of my artwork and a lot of my writing for many years was just that, just mm -hmm. please pay attention to me. Mm -hmm. And it's really needy. And it's mm -hmm. really like um, myself is mm -hmm. all up in it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I could in five years even listen to this podcast and go, fuck, it's all about you, self, you. 
How did you feel when you got the validation or did you get the validation? Never good. Before? See, this yeah. is the thing. Mm-hmm. It feels like eating chocolate cake. It feels great. That instant moment mm-hmm. I start eating it and I'm like, wow, this is so tasty. Mm-hmm. It feels so good. And then after a little while, it starts feeling a bit sick. Mm-hmm. And then you start questioning like, really, does that, is that really what I needed? Like, yeah. I don't know if that really fulfilled me. I don't feel very good now. I don't mm-hmm. feel like going out for a run. I feel like crying farting. and sleeping. It's all yeah. over. Yeah. Heaps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like that, and that, that in itself is an indication but we don't have the skills or some of us don't haven't acquired the skills yet to be able to have that level of self-inquiry and be like, actually, is that what I wanted? Yeah. It's so temporary and transient. And that, that's what well, we do live in the world of impermanence. Nothing will last forever. But mm. like, you, you know, when something lands for you and where it lands in your body and where, where it feels okay. Yeah. But you need to take that. Like I meditate every day and I do that purely and simply. So I'm grounded and I'm calm. But when I do something that I feel is worthy of an achievement, I'll feel that in my body and I'll know where I feel that because I, I take that time with myself. Yeah. But yeah. beforehand, I'd, I'd make a post or do a song or, you know, do a music thing and be like, hey, Look at I'm me. doing this thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I get praise for it, but I couldn't take the praise. But I wanted the praise, but I wouldn't take it. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting thing. In, in transactional analysis, they call them stroke filters. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, so the stroke is this is like the base unit of recognition. Just me like looking at you and waving is giving you a stroke. And Mm -hmm. if you give me one back by waving back, then Mm -hmm. we've like exchanged one and we're good. But um, you can over time, and this is kind of what I was talking about at the very start, like if you are in a critical, uh, always a critical environment where someone's not giving you that recognition, you're Mm -hmm. seeking it, seeking it, and you're not getting it back, you'll find negative ways to get it back right. just so you'd get that, you get that because if someone's completely ignoring you, you're mm. going to just start tapping them, start hitting them to mm. get the attention. Mm. And so one of those things like in that environment, the stroke filter is that you've never been praised for that thing in your life. So when a praise comes to you for a thing, mm. you actually can't see it. Mm. your psyche because it would fuck up your version of reality mm-hmm. too much because mm-hmm. like I'm me I'm this person mm-hmm. I have this insecurity like mm-hmm. all of these things that we say about ourselves are our little selfie self selves mm-hmm. yeah, you know internal narrative yeah it's a script yeah that tells you how to live your life mm-hmm. and as soon as that script gets shaken mm-hmm. You have to your brain does this incredibly fast handiwork that mm. goes, nah, that's not for you. Mm-hmm. And so you literally can't hear it coming. Mm. You don't even know that it's there. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty fucking interesting because you're not even gonna know that you haven't heard the thing that you haven't heard. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then be, when you become aware of that, and there's a really there's a, so many techniques available, but like between your conscious and your subconscious mind, you can start to play a role in programming your narrative mm. and playing with that you how do you do that well there's many different ways there's um like cognitive behavioral therapy i use nlp um and um, narrative therapy so i'll have a conversation with someone and keep poking and using word, their own words in different like reframing and pull it back and pull it back and pull it back until they're like oh fuck what does that mean? And then, you know, and I, what does that say about you? Are you a bad person? Where, does, where do you feel that? And just keep poking holes in their story because we create yeah. this narrative. We create this bubble, this story that we, we tell ourselves about ourselves, but we don't check its validity. And like you said, if we do get what we're looking for from someone, we don't have the emotional vocabulary to understand that thing. So we keep looking for it. Like it's like looking over here for the, the sign over there. Yeah. Like it's, it's like... It's silly, 
but until we're brought up on that, until we're pulled up on that, like, and I keep going back to what, you know, my hall of mirrors, like the community I've created, mm-hmm. because they can call me on that. Like, and I'm, I'm, this last month, if it's taught me anything, it's how to surrender and how to be vulnerable, because that's like, it's a big thing, you know. I'm, I play in a band, I've got commitments outside of, you know, just my immediate life, that, and I don't have a, 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 you know, a job right now, and I'm really having to lean on the people that love me the most. Like and that's hard, but mm. it, it takes that kind of vulnerability for you to be able to, you know, say, okay, is this story I'm telling myself about myself is it true, and where did it come from? Mm. So where where did I get that? You know, and it's we carry it for years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's good to question it because that's the only way I suppose that you're going to start to allow other things like real change to happen. But mm. it is fucking scary. Like, I. I, and I can see it. It's funny, too, because you can see it in other people really easily. Mm. You can see someone else having an attachment to a story that's not helping mm-hmm. them. And you can point it out to them mm-hmm. and probably obviously do their stroke filters or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're still not even going to hear you. But in applying that to yourself is mm-hmm. a whole other story. Mm-hmm. I wonder about this a lot, like how much... And I think this is why we also have an addiction to social media is mm-hmm. that we have the ability to look at ourselves mm-hmm. because otherwise it's impossible to see yourself. Mm. You know, like the only way I can know that I exist is by having a feedback loop, Mm -hmm. is by putting it out to you and being like, how did I act in that situation? Mm -hmm. Was that the way that I expected myself to act or Mm -hmm. did I play a role in that? Did I Mm -hmm. start becoming a character? Mm -hmm. I think um, a really powerful tool for self-observation is meditation. Me too, man. I I cannot believe I've just downloaded this app. It's a waking up app. Mm -hmm. It's by Sam Harris. It's fucking great, man. So I, I... so super simple meditation. So simple, mm. so clear. They're ten minutes maximum yeah. at a time, mm-hmm. and he—he's no airy fairy bullshit mm-hmm. nonsense language. Because, like you were talking about before, your pet hate is these fucking buzz buzzwords. And I—I I mean, it's makes me feel mental when mm-hmm. I'm trying to have a normal logical conversation mm-hmm. with someone, and they're using this like cliched bullshit language. You just need to step into your power. Yeah. And really claim your essence. <laughs> Come on, man. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah. What do you mean by it's that? It's nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, be a. I I think a lot of these people have got a lot of valuable insights to share. Absolutely. But they're so full of shit. Yeah. And so full of rhetoric that I just can't. Well, they're not going to reach the audience that needs what they know the most. Right, because they're, they're in an echo chamber. Mm. You, When you're relaying words, it's like two scientists talking to each other about mm. fucking nanoparticles. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I bet that's interesting. But yeah. I, what does yeah. that mean Hi, for me? I'm over here. Yeah, you, yeah. tell me the thing. Yeah. And, but, but it makes you feel important because you know this other language or whatever. Of course. I, I don't know, but the... Um... <laughs> it's the sugar, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the sugar is that another complete... <laughs> Well, I, this is shocking how on, much my brain cannot like collect thoughts. It's today. fun to watch. <laughs> it is really entertaining. I um, think uh, on that topic. Oh, Sam Harris. That's what yes. Saying. Well, I've developed, and it's, it's not in reinventing the wheel. It's I've I've got a ten minute meditation that I do with blokes, a guided meditation, and it is purely breath based. It's not airy fairy. I'm not getting you. I'm not walking people through. You know, imagining their best life and opening doors inside their brain and seeing what's behind the yellow door. Like yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't. It's none of that. It's it's pure pure breath work, mm-hmm. and it's hard when you start because your mind's going, "Hey, have you thought about this thing? Oh shit, did I shut the door? Like, what am I going to wear today? Like, yeah." And yeah, yeah. it's becoming aware of those thoughts. But you know, trying to stop your thoughts is like trying to stop peak hour traffic. You know, right. it's not going to happen. So you be, become 
the observer of the thoughts and just mm. allow them, you know. And just kind of watching, watching how your mind can take control mm. and then bringing your attention back to realize that you were not in control just then mm -hmm. is really fucking interesting. Mm -hmm. Like that you're kind of laying there and you're like, no, I am focusing on my breath. That's what I'm definitely doing. I'm focusing on my breath. But mm -hmm. then I was thinking about it. And, just, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'll come back. I'll like zoom back in and be like, where was I? <laughs> yeah. The fuck did this <laughs> What just yeah. happened? Yeah. And what's so cool Where are my about pants? That, come on. <laughs> <laughs> my pants are always off when yeah. I'm meditating. Yeah, come I on. Have to. That's right. You got to get your, um, what I say, my... My cock chakra, I've got to align that. So Yeah, you align it straight up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. Um, yeah, you could start a cult with a language like that. Absolutely. You know I mean? I've got um, a funny story I'll tell you after this. Okay, um, mm. after this, mm. after what my after point that I'm probably said, not yeah. going to make because I'm going to forget because that's of my fine. sugar brain. Yeah, that's good. Um, now I know what people talk about when they say low blood sugar. Mm. I get this at like when I'm pen, uh, we've got a fight coming up yep. and I'm cutting weight and yep. I've got no carbs in my system mm. and my brain's fucking like complete mush. Mm. That's how I feel today. I feel like that most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. In my life. But I always thought it was because I had a fight pending. So I was just nervous about the fight and I was mm. distracted, which is true. Like half my brain was thinking about fighting people, but... Yeah, no, it's tough. It's cool that you you can see that connection though between what you're putting in your body and and what's going on oh, upstairs. Oh, immediate, mm. man, and it's mm. crazy. And I think it's because I've had to go through that many fight camps, knowing, watching how my body changes. Mm. Not just physically. I mean, obviously, my body changes a lot physically, but just the crazy roller coaster your brain goes through mm. for all of it. I, everything you go, be, have this amazing state of clarity when you're really clean, and then yeah. you have, yeah. But anyway, um. Yeah, tell me your story because I don't okay. even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so this is a really funny story. So when I was working in the mining industry, uh, I, no, I was that guy, the, the dude that meditated, the hippie dude that has mm. crystals in his beard, like that, you know, <laughs> that reads books about. I, I was reading a book called Deeper Dating, and when you're in a room full of blokes doing a pre-start meeting and you're sitting there with a book called Deeper Dating, they're like, what are "You fucking reading? You yeah, know, I'm just reading about how to, you know, have meaningful connections. You want to? <laughs> like, Fuck off." Anyway, this dude comes up I'll to me. I'll show you a you meaningful know. connection. <laughs> you know, take your pants off. <laughs> this dude comes up to me. He's like, hey, Ruckus, you're, you're like spiritual, hey? I'm like, yeah, man. What, what's, what's up? And he goes, oh, man, I just did this thing on the weekend. I'm like, okay. He goes, oh, I, I went, my missus and I got this um, this Reiki done. I'm like, uh, Reiki? And he's like, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Like this, this healing. I'm like, okay. Um, talk me through it. And he's like, oh, well, they just did all this stuff, this energy stuff. And... <laughs> I got home and my missus said, we can't fuck. I'm like, um, all right. And he goes, because my cock chakra is out of a line. I'm like, and my cock chakra. I'm like, um, your, your, your base chakra. And he's like, no, 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 my cock chakra. I'm like, okay. What did she say specifically? She goes, oh, you've got to sort out your cock chakra before we can fuck because I'm not putting that energy in me. I'm like, all right. So what would you like me to do about this? And he's like, well, can you do it? Can you clear, clear me fucking cock chakra? I'm like... <laughs> Um, look, there's a few meditations I can help you with, but like, you know, and he goes, oh, yeah, beauty, beauty. And then he, he got really, really timid, really shy. He goes, oh, you don't have to, you don't have to look at it, do you? I'm like, <laughs> I was like, look at what? And he goes, me fucking cock chakra, mate. You don't have to look at it. I'm like, oh, no, it's oh, fine. Oh, <laughs> that poor guy. That is so rough. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> but like, I was like, firstly, I was like, thank you for, you know, that's huge. You, you know, 
taking the step to actually reaching out to someone and asking about it, like that's huge. That, that yeah. You need to be acknowledged for that. So yeah, sweet. Let's let's do this thing. Let's fix it. Yeah. What did you jerk him off or what? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> yeah, he's part my, of my cult now. With my beard. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Uh, You're like, I'm just going to put a few crystals on you. And just, <laughs> there's a lot of negative energy down here. <laughs> you can tweak it out with my beard. Come on. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, so you can see like quite clearly how easy it is to start a cult. Do you easy. know what I mean? Because yeah. people are freaked out by shit like this because you don't know. And when you start talking in terms of consciousness, awareness, and you start saying, you know, you really got to just sit with this energy and see where it lands for you. Like, the yeah. fuck does that mean? Oh, I know. And I fell into that trap when I first started coaching dudes. I'm like, you know, you really just got to claim your power and, and become aware of where, you, where your conscious thoughts are. And blokes are just looking at me like a bowl of mashed potato. I'm like, yeah. And I didn't realize at the time what I was doing. So the people that needed the, what I had to say weren't getting what I said and all I was attracting is other dudes that were on that page yeah that's like, no good man and, and I was like whoa that's not working yeah you know, but I didn't see that at first and it took it took a, a bit for me to well you went through like a bit of an identity crisis I imagine I mean mm. being this like hardcore drummer for a fucking mm. metal band and this is what, your life and this is mm. cool as shit you know and like I know I grew up listening to punk music. You're not mm. allowed to look do anything that's not because mm. everything's gay. Yeah, do you know absolutely. what I mean? Like yeah. if it's outside of that sphere, and that's the language, all of it. It's just mm -hmm. like, so yeah. Like if and then you went from that to being like, now I'm going to help men attach to their or recognize their feelings. Mm. You and and I like to think about these things as like. Um, mental earthquakes like you have an identity mm. earthquake like you realize that whatever that identity this shell that you built around yourself this version of you that is you isn't serving you anymore it's mm. not making you happy and you've got to break free of mm. that thing mm. and you have the wherewithal to break free of it but then mm. as soon as you break free you're just particles you're mm -hmm. just nothing mm -hmm. you do, like how do i attach to something i have to be a something in mm -hmm. the world and so you pick up the model of the people that are around you doing the thing that you think you want. Mm. And it makes perfect sense. Like mm. That's why people tend to do that. And what's mm. cool about you is having enough wherewithal to go polar opposites, mm. but have enough constitution inside yourself and self-awareness to be mm. like, oh, I'm being a fucking joker here. Yeah. Like, pull it back, pull it back. Because mm. you will find, like, because what you're doing is necessary for the mm. world. But it has to be done in a really authentic way. And it's too easy to get fucking wrapped up in that bullshit. Yeah. And that's my war with, with buzzwords. And I, I've had conversations with blokes doing this work. And I, it's important. And it's so important. But where, where we fall down or fall short with this work is the how-to. Like, mm. So the application of this. So it's, I can sit here and talk about you know, creating a, a daily wellness routine and a gratitude journal and these things that you employ as a technique to feel better and to connect with yourself. But it's the, the practicality of it. The, like, I don't have your, your answers. I'm, mm. I'm not going to sit with you and do a session and be like, okay, these are the specific things you need to do to improve your life. Because I still eat like shit. I don't exercise every day. I meditate every day. I still do things that don't serve me as a human. Mm. But I hold space for you. And I hold up a mirror. That's the one I have a trouble with. The whole space. space. Yeah. I fucking hate that. I hate one. that word. So, like, it, it is literally that. I will talk. I'll ask you a question, and I won't. I will listen to understand what you're saying. I'm not listening to. Could we come up with another word for it that's not holding, holding space? space. Yeah. What, what could we call it? Um, when I did a, I did a moderator course mm. once, and they talked about active listening. Yeah, that's a good one. And active listening is. I think that it's very clear that you know what you're doing when you're actively listening. Mm. And it's something that people don't have the skill to do. Because mm. I'm actively listening to you is 
focus looking mm-hmm. at you and listening mm-hmm. to what you're saying mm-hmm. and not waiting for my next thing to say mm-hmm. you know and sometimes i get myself in a trap almost of actively listening so much that i will get <laughs> the, the conversation has stopped me like oh shit yeah like yeah. i'm still listening yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> but i think thing. i think that's a a pretty good ish one a substitution if i could but mm-hmm. i i see what you mean i guess like if you could describe holding space to me again in mm. your terms, okay, like, what so, does it feel like to you? So holding space, especially with the work that I'm doing at the moment and with with online interactions with blokes, it's it's um, acknowledging what they've got to say and then I'll ask a question, a specific question like how can I best support you and then stop and just leave the area, like leave the gap in conversation for them to fill. Without my judgment, without my, without my um, my offer of a solution or anything, it's purely and simply get what you need off your chest. This it's safe. I'm not judging you. Like you tell me whatever you need to tell me. You talk about whatever you need to talk about. You just get it out. And when you're ready, tell me how I can support you, and we'll move forward on that. Mm. So. It's it, it is an esoteric term. It's very overused at the moment. Like yeah, you know, yeah. I'm holding space for this person or whatever. However, but like literally, it's it's listening to understand, not listening to respond. Like and too often, like you said, like we, we'll we'll have conversations with people that are listening to key words in your conversation, already forming a response mm-hmm. and not acknowledging what you're saying. Yeah. You know? Fuck yeah. My family is the greatest example of that. <laughs> really? I had a 25 minutes conversation with my mum the other night and it was like her just talking at me and she'd ask me a question and she'd go back to talking about what she was talking about just before. Yeah, it's a funny thing, man. Well, yeah. this is why I love the podcast so much is that it is like reigniting the art of the conversation mm. and allowing people, like what we do here by doing this is we allow people to digest this information oh. in their own time. Mm-hmm. So you can have a fucking cool connection with somebody mm. in this room, like because mm. we have to both actively listen and engage with whatever is going on. Even if my brain is telling me I need chocolate bars, I'm still, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm working my, the best way I can to make a connection with you, so that somebody sitting out there could be like, "Ah, oh, that's the thing." Because mm. you, in the past, in order to have wisdom, you had to be invited into certain circles or be allowed to be mm. a part of a group mm. of elite people that talk mm. about elite ideas or are scholars that know shit about biology, whatever the fuck it is. Mm. And now all you have to do is put headphones in and sit there. Yep. And you're and invited you're, in. And really, actually, you're kind of learning to actively listen then anyway. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you're probably scrolling through Tinder at the same time trying yeah. to reject people you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> 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 which, which way is it left or right? I don't know. My, oh my god! What? My, just, it's what, 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 what day is it? Say we're only like five days into February. Didn't we just finish January? We like, did, but I only used Tinder the first week of January. Right. Because we had to use a different dating app each week. Okay, gotcha. So Tinder was the start, then Bumble, mm. then Plenty of Fish, mm. then we did one called Happen, mm. which was fucking useless for us because mm. we don't do anything like yeah i think happen is for people that are like out in amongst the world uh, what are you do you know what my probably the most interesting insight that i got out of this whole manuary thing mm. was that i realized that dating is a pastime mm. like 
I have hobbies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like dating is an actual activity that you embark on, that you have to give time to mm. and do it. Yes. Like the way people go to soccer practice, right. the way That's that right. I go to Muay Thai training, right. like people go to dating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there is no fucking time in my life for that. Yeah. The amount of energy and dedication it takes to do that and mm. keep up with it. And it's not, I'm not saying that I was like so popular on these apps. I mean, honestly, like if anything, it made my self esteem worse <laughs> because like nobody got me. Everybody yeah. was like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, because yeah. I'm a confusing thing. Yeah. And, and I'm a bit of an enigma. Most of the guys that I did end up talking to were like, we, I noticed straight away that you were something different. Mm. And I was like, that could be a good thing, but most of the time, like they were kind of like <laughs> intimidated by that, or just like, I don't know what this is. Or yeah. What do I? And I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. <laughs> One nice thing, too. But anyway, so the the point was that I I kind of realized like, oh, if you want to date people, you have to make this a, a hobby. This is like a thing that you do on the yeah. side and include as a part of your life. Mm. Which you know, I'm not. It's not my. I, I I'm not interested in that at this uh, moment because it seemed like it was fucking way too much energy. I have this idea in my head that like. That just the miraculous someone will just magically appear because he's heard what I do on a podcast <laughs> or something. Do you know what I mean? I'll just see me and mm. be like, oh, you're the thing I've been looking for. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Like, so working with, I've, I've worked with women and with blokes on relationship stuff. And what happens, like you said, it's such an energy vortex that you become so committed to finding the one or finding that person that the rest of your life kind of doesn't do its life like mm. you 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 become committed to that and something that to think about is that you do you create the life that you want to have when it, with or without someone so when you meet someone that's an addition to the life you're not building your life with them because they're there now but you, yeah, you yeah, build yeah. your life as you would whether you had someone or not people will show up but what's weird about that is i here's my two cents on this mm. is that that's almost a given in my world. Mm. Like, cause I can't survive if I'm not happy with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I've gone through too many holes mm. of waking up in the morning going, I can't, I'm not doing this today. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I've lived a suffering life. It's mm. just that I have a very clear idea in my head. That if, if my life doesn't have this meaning, I'm not connected to yeah. doing this thing that I'm trying to do. Mm. I bet I can't exist. Um, I can get waylaid for sure. Mm. I definitely get waylaid, but that's kind of my baseline. Um, then outside of that, I feel like this dating thing is this activity that people are doing. And in amongst that, the more people you're talking to, the more likelihood is that you're going to meet someone that you relate to that you want to be with. I don't do that. Mm. So my expectation that things will change and someone's going to magically appear inside my life is mm. pretty silly when mm. you look at the facts. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not participating in the game, so w why would I win? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, where is that ever going to come from? So that's my whole conundrum there is that irrespective of what I'm doing with my life, I'm doing what I do with mm -hmm. my life. That's happening. Mm -hmm. But then I also do probably need to, because I'm probably too tunnel vision that direction. Like, mm -hmm. this is my life. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. And you're going to like me because you see what I do and that's mm -hmm. it. Like, And I think I've kind of ping-ponged the other direction. Yeah. Do you know? Like, yeah, absolutely. Growing yeah. up, having boyfriends all the time that were too distracting to be able to do what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. I've gone the other direction. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm in this weird, odd state of being where it was like, oh, I the activity of dating is exhausting and confusing. Mm -hmm. So I would rather just go back to the thing just that makes me thing. comfortable. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's really interesting. And the fact that you were aware of that means that you're in a position to, to tweak that. Yeah, it's a good point, man. And I think I need to do it in 
ways that feel satisfying and authentic to me mm-hmm. and pushing my boundaries in uh, is good too because mm-hmm. this manual thing really fucking pushed my boundaries like that fear of like meeting a new person and then having to deal with it like mm-hmm. I, under normal circumstances i just go nah fuck it i'm not going <laughs> but i f- i had to go on a date a week so mm-hmm. it was like nope just go even if mm-hmm. i get that at gross anxiety like ah fuck i just can't be fucked up because mm-hmm. that's what i do mm-hmm. i just go nah eh, it's mm-hmm. too hard i can't deal with it mm-hmm. and i have forced myself to you know, step outside that comfort zone. Yeah, but now I'm realizing that like it feels it feels inauthentic to do it that way. The candy variety of online dating, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the instant gratification mm-hmm. thing of online dating is mm-hmm. probably doesn't feel. It just doesn't feel satisfying to me. It doesn't feel like I'm making authentic connections with mm-hmm. anybody. I didn't feel like it enriched my life mm-hmm. in any way. I felt like it was like catch and release yeah just this non-stop catch and release and that's what everyone's doing to everyone mm. one nice thing is too like if, if somebody is out there right now being ignored mm. on a t- text message that you sent and you th- beating yourself up because you think you wrote it weird one thing we noticed categorically and and i actually talked to a lot of the guys that i was talking to in these apps about the challenge and what i was doing mm. and they were all everybody says that people stop talking to you yeah. Just people out of nowhere stop talking to you. This is the modern day of dating. Mm. And I think young kids growing up know this now and they're mm. like, oh, it's cool. Mm. When I was growing up, if somebody didn't answer your phone call and never called you back, they are directly disrespecting <clears throat> you. You know, it's yeah. like, what happened? Yeah. You know, what did I do wrong? Mm. What, you know, it's like, an, ugh. It's the microwave generation. It's a thing. Yeah. Mm. Everything's too easy. Yeah. It's just right there and then you just so distracted. So, how do we cultivate? a focus and dedication to build that container Mm. with this age of constantly looking for other people that could be your container? Mm. I think that's a really tough question. And this is, it's such a huge topic. Mm. It's hard because like the way you, like you said before, like you, it's a law of averages. You, to, to meet someone that you connect with on an authentic level, the intention's got to be set there. So you got to go on these dates with the intention of making authentic connections. Mm. And you know immediately when you meet someone in the first, like, whatever. Immediately, yeah. You know whether you're going to connect with that person or not. And it's having the honesty and the tact to be able to communicate to that person, say, hey, look, you know, mm. thank you for the, your, this. This isn't what I want. We don't have that. And mm. that's why we stopped talking to people. We mm-hmm. kind of trick ourselves into the idea, oh, I could probably fuck that girl for a little while, but then I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. But if we were just honest and said, hey, thanks for the time, not for me, next. And it's, even though you're churning through people. But coming back to that question, I think it's, it all comes to your own level of self-awareness and, and having a specific image in your head of who you want to be and where you want to be and what you want your life to look like. So when you create that image for yourself, because we just float around thinking, oh, when I find a girlfriend, I'll be okay. Or when I get this job, I'll be, I'll be better. Mm. But what job um, what specifically, what do you want your life to look like? Where do you see yourself in five years? Do you see yourself with someone? You know, and then work back three years. Where do you see yourself and work back? That's a tough one too because I don't – yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't – me personally anyway, mm. answering that question, I don't – you know, see myself married or kids or with someone, I have the idea that I want someone specific that I want to be with. Mm -hmm. So 
it to, for me to visualize, do you see yourself with someone seems like a silly question to ask. Cause it's like, if that person's there, then yes. Yeah. But if they're not there, if I, they're not there, then they're not there. You well, know what I, I mean? Guess, like, well, do you want someone, do you want to be with someone in your life? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's the question, isn't it? It's like mm. that you do want to have, mm. I love the idea of being a part of a team. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I love that thing. It's funny. There's always the ups and downs and the gross bits of it, but I really do love that thing of knowing someone so well that you guys are just a team. That intimacy. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like what we're designed to do, I feel like. We are absolutely designed to do that. Hmm. We're not meant to be by ourselves. No. Wow, my goodness, we've been talking for a while now, so I should let us go. It's amazing how fast the time goes, isn't it? I wasn't paying any attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can people find you if they want to find you? Um, I have a personal Instagram page, which you can like all my selfies. It's Ruckus World. Oh, my God. I'm living my best life. Ruckus, Ruckus World. Ruckus World. Or um, I've started a, a little page called Woke Blokes, um, obviously for blokes, um, doing uh, – I share content for relevant to you know blokes connecting with blokes um and you don't mean connecting with blokes in the polyamorous connecting kind not of way docking, no um, <laughs> just connecting online you know um being able to have it i've started I'm, I'm three days into a 10-day conversation so every day i'm asking a question specifically aimed at um expanding your emotional vocabulary and that's a buzzword but what i mean is how to articulate what you're feeling as you're feeling it yeah, and okay. be able to grow that and, and serve because, you know, mental illness is a, is a huge thing and male suicide is massive. So yeah. if we can create a, a conversation on getting people to open up, you know, it, even if they are uncomfortable, that's even better. Yeah. So that's Woke Blokes on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I have a, uh, the first Woke Bloke meeting in on the 27th of this month. Right. So it's, just, it's purely just a, um, blokes getting together, having a chat. There's, it's no, not formal. It's no... Um, no masturbation in a circle. Well, if it goes that way, I'm sure. I'll bring gloves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, it'll go where it needs to go. Uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll be doing a, um, a guided meditation at the end of it. Um, I'll, have, I'll have techniques and, and information available to people if they are genuinely looking for specific ways of dealing with specific issues. Cool. But, that, but the aim is just to create community, um, common unity between blokes. So... Cool. That's fun. And so this is essentially, if I could drill it down, it's a non-wanky, non-pretentious, non-bullshit way of trying to help men be a bit more connected to what's going on yeah. in their self. Yeah. No no bullshit. I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm not going to buzzword you until you die. Like yeah. it, and it's not about me. It's about the connection you know, that we form as a group. Cool, man. Yeah. Fuck, that's awesome. It's fun. Well, it's really good talking to you. I'm sorry that only half of my brain came today, but nah, it's right. really good to see you. It was you a good half. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Thanks for having me. So that was Ryan Lucas or Ruckus. You can find him on Instagram at Ruckus World, or you can follow Woke Blokes, which is woke as in being awake. Uh, blokes as in the Australian term for man. And uh, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I apologize about half of brain function. Um, I hope it was at least uh, engaging enough to follow along with. And I'll be back next week with another wonderful guest, as always. Thank you. Talk to you again soon.